0: Yasir Yakis was the 58th Foreign Minister of Turkey. He bridged and created diplomatic relations with many countries, as well as worked internally to create a prosperous Turkey. Yakis, an intelligent young man, grew up speaking several languages and was granted the opportunity to go into the medical field or the political landscape. After passing both examinations, he ended up going the political route, as he wanted to make a difference with his nation. In this episode of Substances, he tells us about his life as a young man and how he came to be the foreign minister. Yakis is still deeply involved in the political world and continues to teach at the age of 79. We hope you enjoy the episode. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in your career path, and how exactly it took you to where you are today.
1: Uh, shall I begin from the w- where, which university I choose or which professional choose? Or how I got in politics or which one? Um, which, which state? Because if education. I start from ch- childhood, it's not necessary. It may not be interesting <laughs> I for think you. From higher education, very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I finished the university, uh, actually, before I... Uh, b- before I chose the faculty that I, I was going to uh, study, I had two options in my mind. One was to become a, a medical doctor. Okay. And the other was diplomacy. And uh, uh, I... I took the examination from both, and I thought that if I fail in both of them, I should have a third choice where you can enter the university without passing the admission examination, and I made my registration to the Faculty of Letters and Russian Philology. Then uh, the results of the examinations uh, were announced and it turned out that I won both the medical school and political science. And uh, I visited the faculty of medicine and people were sad there, busy with their sick and uh, family, etc. And then I, I came to the faculty of uh, political science. There. Uh, the students were very happy and uh, teasing people, passing by, etc. I said, I'm going to (laughs) choose. And I also spoke at that time uh, two foreign languages, so I thought that uh, uh, political science and diplomacy later on could be an interesting career for me. So this is how I, I entered the Faculty of Political Science. And uh, there was an examination after the second class uh, to be uh, divided, I mean, to be separated to uh, international relations and uh, 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 what is economic sciences and administrative sciences. So because of the foreign language uh, uh, advances that I had, I chose the international relations. This is how I completed my university studies, and then uh, there was admission examination to the foreign ministry to enter diplomatic career. So I passed this examination and I was admitted to the diplomatic career. And I served something like 40 years in diplomacy in various places. I started my career in Antwerp. I was vice-consul of Turkey in Antwerp. Uh, then I became, I was promoted to become a consul, then I was posted uh, from there to Nigeria, and I became first secretary of the Turkish Embassy in Lagos, the capital was Lagos at that time, and I came back home to the administration, central administration, foreign ministry, uh, then second tour uh, for the uh, assignment abroad. I uh, was posted to NATO Defense College and uh, uh, college in Rome. So I followed the courses in NATO Defense College. Then from there I was posted to to the Turkish delegation to NATO in Brussels, then back home. Then the uh, third time I was posted abroad, it was in Damascus, and uh, four years later, back home. Then I was posted uh, as ambassador to uh, Saudi Arabia, Uh, four years there, back home, and then uh, four years, in uh, Egypt, Cairo, and from there to Vienna. I was permanent representative uh, to the United Nations office in Vienna. And uh, uh, two and a half years there, again back home. Altogether, this makes about 40 years of diplomacy. (laughs) When I finished this, uh, my dream was to construct a small hut in the middle of hazelnut gardens of my grandfather on the coastal town of the Black Sea, and write my memoirs of 40 years of diplomacy. When I was lost in this dream, the former president of the Republic of Turkey, Mr. Abdullah Gül, called me on telephone, We knew each other when I was ambassador in Saudi Arabia. He was working in the Islamic Development Bank as an economist, so we knew each other from there. And he told me that uh, the political movement that he was leading uh, decided to transform itself into a political party, and he asked me whether I would like to join them as a founding member of the political party. I went to his office and I, I was so uninterested in politics that I did not know what it meant to become a, a founding member of the party. I told him, if you forgive me for my ignorance, I don't know what it means to become a founding member. I said, is it something important or is it only a, a label that they give you? He said, after all, it's a label, but it's a very strong label. So, uh, I I consulted a few uh, friends of mine who were involved in politics before me, so I decided to join them. This is how I became a politician after 40 years of diplomacy. So it was incidental, and uh, if the invitation was not extended to me by Mr. Gül, who became president later on, I wouldn't have accepted because I had a very big, big, deep appreciation for what Mr. Gül was doing. So when, it, when the proposal came from him, I accepted it. So this is how I became founding member of the party, and uh, I was elected as the deputy chairman of the party when the party was established in 2001. I was elected as deputy chairman in charge of international relations. And uh, uh, as a young party, 15 months old party, we participated in the very first elections for us, and uh, we got the, the number of seats that we got in the parliament was almost two thirds of the seats in the parliament for a young party. of the first election that we participated it was a big success. So uh, having served as the uh, deputy chairman of the party in charge of international relations, uh, when we formed the government, uh, they decided to make me uh, uh, foreign minister because I was um, deputy chairman in charge of international relations. Actually, when we uh, won the elections, we were very much in a hurry to, uh, to start negotiations between Turkey and the European Union for the full, full mem- membership. And uh, we started the uh, visits of the European capitals by uh, visiting Greece and from there we went to uh, Madrid. But at that time, uh, when we were in, in Greece, the government back home was not yet formed, so I did not know what I was going to become. So we had our meeting in Athens, and we took the plane in the afternoon. So we landed in Madrid. The door of the plane is open, people from the embassy came to meet us and they said that when we were in the air between Athens and uh, Madrid, the government was formed and that I was made foreign minister when I was in the air. (laughs) So if there are many people who became uh, ministers when they were flying, I'm one of them. So this crazy. is how uh, uh, I got involved in politics, and uh, this is how I became foreign minister. Then, of course, the, the remainder of it. Thank you. Thank you. First? All right. So. Um, can I just
0: ask you um, okay. how many languages do you speak and which languages did you speak when you got into um, politics? Uh,
1: I speak six languages at present. Okay. Uh, six at I mean at varying degrees of course. My mother tongue is not Turkish. Okay. Okay. It's a language spoken it's a tribal language which has no alphabet which is spoken uh, in the Caucasus. It is a language very close to Georgian, and uh, there are two versions of it, one spoken by Muslim, the language is called Laz language, and uh, the the Christian Laz are speaking a, a language which is called Mingrelian. So Mingrelian and Laz are almost the same language, so this is my mother tongue. I did not speak proper Turkish when I was at the age of four or five. When I used to speak uh, in my mother tongue, in Laz language, to my sisters, elder sisters, they always responded in Turkish because when they went to school they had difficulties in getting adapted to Turkish. So they thought that I should learn more Turkish before I go to school so uh, when despite this when i went to school at the age of 7 uh, in the first half of the school year there were still words that i did not understand in turkish so it was after the second half of the school year that i began to understand almost every turkish word that was spoken this is my first language then turkish of course is this language that I learned, and French was the first foreign language that I learned, then English, then Arabic, then Italian, in this order. Uh, I learned Arabic when I was posted to Damascus, and then I practiced it when I was in Saudi Arabia, then when I was in uh, Egypt, so I used it. Uh, these are s- uh, six languages that I, I speak, more or less. And I also speak uh, three languages at the survival level, <laughs> which is German, because my wife is German. Okay. And uh, uh, Yoruba language, in, um, when I was in Nigeria, I thought that I should also learn local language. And also, another local language, when I was posted to Belgium, uh, I spoke, of course, French, and I said, I'm going to a country where a language that I know properly is spoken. And uh, I went to Antwerp in Belgium. I was vice-consul there. And one day, I had to, a few weeks after my arrival in Antwerp, I had to make a phone call to Turkey. At that time it was not automatic, you had to book a call to the international uh, operator. So I dialed the number and I said, uh, Mademoiselle, pourriez vous me passez le numéro tel à Ankara? And I said the number, etc. Then the lady there scolded me, and raising her voice, and so all that I, I understood was that this is the Flemish-speaking part of the Belgian. So if you want to ask something, you should do it in, in Flemish. So I couldn't do anything, so I hung up. And then the day after I explained to my friends, they said, "Don't worry, it's not a problem. You start by learning very few sentences, short sentences, in Flemish, and you always start with these sentences, whatever is necessary. So, I purchased a book, uh, uh, Method, uh, Assimil d'apprendre le Flamand," the me- me- Flemish um, uh, assimil method of, of studying uh, Flemish, and I learned some uh, easy sentences. Could you, mm-hmm. could you give me, could you do that, could you, et cetera. And then, a few weeks later, I had to call again Ankara, and I dialed the operator and I said, Jufrau, uh, kuntu mi dit nemer gecheven to Ank- Ankara gecheven als tu blif? And I was fighting with the figures, achten, nach, yeah. 30, <laughs> nine and trechtig, neinen, et cetera. And the lady said there, said, me parle français, monsieur. <laughs> so I understood <laughs> that it was the first first word that they want to hear in Flemish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when you are in trouble, they accept it easily, but if you start with French, then they are angry. Mm-hmm. Still the same situation today, yeah. I'm from Belgium and I know exactly how it is. Yeah. <laughs> so this was, uh, this was how I thought that I should start uh, Flemish, and uh, on another occasion, I was standing, waiting for a bus in the bus station. And a girl, perhaps uh, six years old, with the, with uh, her brother, perhaps four years old, came to me and said something in Flemish. And I, I did not understand. I said, I, "I'm sorry." I don't. Then she repeated, and I did not understand. And then I directed them to to another person waiting in the. Uh, in the uh, bus station, then the lady there took the two children from their hand and helped them to cross the street. I felt so ashamed that I could not meet the expectation of this little boy and they could have been uh, in trouble and asked me to help them and I wouldn't understand, so I thought that I should focus on this and learn simple things and tell them at least that I, I don't speak Flemish properly etc. So this is how I started uh, Flemish and learned it at, to the survival level. And uh, in Nigeria, I think they speak something like 255 languages there. Yoruba is one of them. So I thought that uh, I should also learn this language to begin with for the sake of learning a, a tribal african language and also to be in touch with the local people and it served a lot of purposes when for instance uh, we went to, to a restaurant or coffee house to order uh, ice cream etc my ice cream was brought before the, the others <laughs> and when they were scolding the waiter why do you bring his ice cream, but the master speaks uh, Yoruba language, so he thought that he should do a favor uh, for for the effort that I made. So uh, it is the second uh, survival-level language, and German, because I was posted to Germany after the age of 60, and it is difficult to learn a new language after that age, So my German stayed at the level of of survival. So I speak six languages plus three at that level. Thank you. Um, So the first question would be about Turkey.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today. In the coming weeks, we'll be back with more from Yasir Yakis as he tackles the current challenges that Turkey faces, especially after this most recent election. If you have any questions or comments for us, send us an email at Doses de Repartee or comment on our website at wwwsub stancescom